This is The Drive with Larry Hardesty podcast on 98.7 ESPN. I think it just makes success more worthwhile once you go through the tough ones, right? I mean, that's really what it's all about. I mean, when we first started with myself and Shaq, I mean, we went through years where you know, we were swept out of the playoffs. We went through those dark times as well. And you just kind of stick with it. And then, you know, when you come out of it, things are better for it. You're listening to The Drive with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Good evening, everybody. We welcome you to The Drive on 98.7 ESPN. On is a incredibly tough day. Joel and Giselle with you. We're here till midnight, and this show we're going to try to, you and I, get through this together. You and I will get through the loss, the tragic loss of Kobe Bryant, the tragic loss of his daughter, and the tragic loss of those other passengers who were aboard that helicopter earlier today. You know, in um, just thinking, going through, getting ready for a show like this, before I knew this happened, you're thinking about, okay, Knicks are playing the Nets tonight and, you know, how that's going to go and what, what that's going to be like and the little rivalry and, you know, the Nets have been falling on the, some hard times and the Knicks are starting to play a little better defensively. And so you're thinking that you're going to talk a little bit about Knicks and Nets and you're thinking, you know, the Mets have a new manager and how do you like that and just different things. The Pro Bowl, which nobody watches and, you know, stuff like that. And then you hear the news about what happens with the tragedy of Kobe Bryant. And as you can imagine, it changes everything. It changes your thought process. It changes what you do. And it causes you to, quite honestly, take a moment to look at life. It takes you time to say, wow, did I have that argument with my wife or my loved one or my significant other? And does that really matter now? It causes you to figure out just what is important and what isn't important. And it was just amazing uh, watching the players play tonight and watching the response around the NBA, because clearly these guys were not mentally into this game. The fact that they gave you a competitive game, the fact that they, you know, rose to the challenge means that they are pros. But mentally, they weren't in this game. Emotionally, they were thinking about Kobe Bryant. They were thinking about the greatness of Kobe Bryant. They were thinking about what Kobe Bryant meant to them. They were thinking about their own families and situations that have gone on. So during this show, at 1-800-919-3776, we want to remember Kobe. We, do, we, we want to remember the greatness. We, we're sad, but we want to make this kind of a celebration of his life, a celebration of his career. And we're going to do that with various people who have made comments. We've uh, Listen, our ESPN family has been just tremendous in making comments and players, and we'll share that with you while we're here with you uh, during the show tonight. We've got folks calling in. So, you know, we'll, we'll hear different perspectives. I want to hear your perspectives. And then I'm going to take you back because the other thing is it caused me to think of tragedies, sports tragedies. We, we're familiar with, you know, the tragedies of uh, actors and the tragedies of singers, artists, but athletes, this Where does this, what does this remind you of? For me, it took me back a little bit before I got in this business. Obviously, the first one I thought of was Thurman Munson. 
the first one I thought of was Thurman Munson and the plane crash in uh, 79. And once again, he was in the middle of his career. So you're looking at this situation and you're like, wow, how did folks deal with that? Then you go back further. And I remembered Roberto Clemente, the great Pittsburgh pirate great, who in 1972, uh, after becoming the first Latin player to hit, to have 3,000 hits in his career, was on a mission to help survivors of an earthquake in Nicaragua. And he wanted to make sure that the supplies got to the people who really needed it. And he was lost in the plane crash there. So those were the tragedies that I thought of. And this, um, not that I'm comparing them, not that I'm trying to rank them, but this, kind of took me back there. It kind of took me to what a loss this is. What a loss this is family-wise. What a loss this is to the NBA family, but also what a loss this is to society because of what Kobe was doing after his NBA career. I mean, this guy got an Oscar (laughs) for a documentary. We'll hear from Spike Lee a little later in the show. So it's it's just unbelievable to think that he has gone so quickly. And I will share with you through the night my memories of Kobe, having covered him from the first time that he was at Madison Square Garden in an all-star game. And, of course, uh, having been there the night that he torched the Knicks for 61, and just his just his general demeanor in speaking with him and having a chance to uh, cover him when he and uh, – Shaq defeated the Nets in uh, 2001, 2000, in the 2000, 2001 NBA playoffs. Just a, a lot of Kobe memories. And as I said, we'll get through this together. 1-800-919-3776. We begin with Kobe Bryant's speech after his last game, by the way, uh, an incredible performance as he said goodbye. You know, it's, uh, I can't believe how fast 20 years went by. I mean, this is crazy. This is absolutely crazy. And, uh, you know, to be standing here at center court with you guys, my teammates behind me, and uh, appreciating all this, you know, the journey that we've been on. You know, we've been through our ups and been through our downs. And uh, I think the most important part is that we all stay together throughout. You know, I grew up, I grew up a diehard, I mean a diehard Laker fan. Diehard. I mean, I knew, knew everything about every player that's ever played here. So, to be drafted and then traded to this organization and to spend 20 years here, I mean, you can't, you can't write something better than this. And I'm more proud, I'm more proud of the fact that not about the championships, but about the down years. Because we didn't run. We didn't run. We played through all that stuff. And we got our championships. And we did it the right way. And uh, all I can do here is just thank you guys. Thank you guys for all the years of support. Thank you guys for all the motivation. Thank you for all the inspiration. And, uh, you know, what's funny... The thing that had me cracking up all night long was the fact that I go through 20 years of everybody screaming to pass the ball. And on the last night, they're like, don't pass it. (laughs) 
<laughs> this has been this has been absolutely beautiful, you guys. I can't believe it's come to an end. Um, you guys will always be in my heart, and uh, I sincerely, sincerely appreciate it. No words can describe how I feel about you guys. And uh, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart. I, God, I love you guys, and uh, I love you guys. And uh, my family. To my family, my wife Vanessa, our daughters Natalia and Gianna, you know, thank you guys for all your sacrifice. You know, for all the hours I spend in the gym working and training. And Vanessa, you holding down the family the way that you have. I, I, I can't, there's no way that I can thank you enough for that. So, yeah, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. And, uh, what can I say? Mamba out. Kobe Bryant, after his final game, which was Typical Kobe. Dominant. Uh, competitive. Wanting to make sure that he did not embarrass himself in his last game. One of the most competitive athletes I've ever watched perform in any sport. You're listening to The Drive with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Oh my God. I mean, I was uh, outside playing with my son and I just saw an alert and I, everyone I called, you know, you, you get um, quick, quick voicemails and people close to him are, are in sh- absolute shock right now. I, I can't even process it. I'm, I live 10 minutes away from the scene, guys, and I, I can't even re- remember how to drive there. It's, it's shocking that Kobe Bryant is gone. Our Ramona Shelburne on the drive on 987 ESPN. 1-800-919-3776. Ramona responding to the question of what was her initial reaction when she found out. And I'm going to, uh, before we get to the calls, I'm going to ask my colleague, Alan Hahn, who just came off, uh, of, had to be a very tough night at the Garden during pre-halftime and post of the game. And, of course, you, you'll hear him tomorrow at 1 o'clock with uh, his new tag team partner, Bart Scott. But, Alan, welcome to the drive. And I'm going to ask you the same question that uh, Ramona was at, asked what was your initial reaction when you heard? Well, I, I, I funny. Um, it's not funny, but I, I guess it's just, you know, how you always see stuff or hear stuff. And a couple of the um, producers here uh, at ESPN, we have our group chat. And uh, I think it was um, Michelle who used to produce here. She sent a text and just said, is it true about Kobe? And, and I'm getting ready to go to the garden, you know, for the game thinking Nick's nets and, focused on that and i'm thinking what happened you know and then a couple of us were like can't we're not seeing any reports so now you just start googling like crazy so i i just i was in disbelief i didn't want to believe anything you know like some things you hear it's always like oh that's got to be a rumor you know lebron just passed him on the scoring you know um list and there's been nothing but debates about the two of them and and then you know when you see the report I just kept saying no, like, no, 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 no. And then to hear that, you know, Deanna was on the helicopter as well and other people that were part of her team, you know, that's when the the dad in you, you know, kicks in. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it it's just twofold. It kind of hits you two ways. You know, Wally said it, Wally Zerbiak said it tonight on the postgame, Wally played against Kobe. You know, all I did was cover him. I mean, all I did was, you know, get – get close enough to him to to appreciate 
you know, the greatness that he brought to the basketball court. Wally knew him as a competitor, but we all can relate as a father. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that's what, what hit the most is, you know, just the, the two sides of it and, you know, the suddenness of it and, and the tragedy as well. Uh, so I guess the, my my reaction was, no, this can't be true. Not not okay. him. You know, yeah. that guy's Superman. You know, not him. Alan, much like yourself, um, I had the pleasure of watching him, maybe a little bit longer than you. <laughs> but uh, the, the thing that jumps out at me, talent is undeniable. And a lot of players in the NBA have talent, Alan. But it's it's the competitive drive that made him a cut above. It's the closest competitor that I've seen to Michael Jordan of any basketball player I was able to cover. Carbon copy. I've always felt that way. Down to the way he would lick his lips as he was waiting for the basketball. Carbon copy. And it was incredible to think because, you know, my generation was Michael Jordan. We've never seen anything like it. And we'll never see anything like it again. And then before Jordan even finished, we saw exactly what Jordan was. Mm-hmm. With that same killer mentality and the same ability to, you know, develop his game and grow his game to a point where as he got older, he became a post-up player and a a guy that could shoot the three and less athleticism and less explosiveness. Um, He just, he always knew how to adapt. So, you know, it was pretty incredible the the type of player that we saw him become, Uh, you know, and the debate will always rage on. It's the one thing we always used to, talk about i know you know all the time i ever did shows and it's the jordan lebron greatness debate is i would always say wait a minute what about kobe how can we always forget kobe when we talk about you know when the goat debate comes up and it's only jordan and lebron why are we skipping right over what kobe did and all of his accolades on the court so, you know, it's it's that's still, to me, the debate will still rage on about that stuff. That's why basketball is so much fun. That's why we love it, because it's always debate. It's always that kind of trash talk, and that's all the stuff that I think he loved and engaged in. Um, but there's so much more about him I think people need to understand that goes beyond what he was able to do with a basketball. It was all the other stuff that I, I was always – I admired so much about him, which was, like, for instance, um, when Mike D'Antoni was coach of the Knicks – and I was a reporter back then, and, and it was just amazing to talk to Kobe about D'Antoni. And Kobe told us how his first basketball idol was Mike D'Antoni because mm-hmm. his father was playing in Italy, and Mike D'Antoni was a superstar in Italy. And so for Kobe as a little kid, that was his first idol. It was Mike D'Antoni as a player. And, and then when uh, Danilo Gallinari was a rookie and in his second year with the Knicks, Kobe, you know, when we were lucky enough, you remember back then at the Garden, you would sit courtside. Yeah. And when you were a beat rider, we would front row courtside baseline. You, you, the visitors bench, literally right there. Mm-hmm. You'd hear him jaw. You know, he'd have fun talking to fans who would yell stuff to him. He'd wave most of the time. But you'd also hear Kobe saying stuff to Gallo, and it was always like, like you'd say after the game, Gallo, what was Kobe saying to you? He goes, Oh, he was trash talking me in Italian. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he, he could speak. You know, he speak. You know, he could speak Spanish. He could speak Italian. He could speak French. He, you know, he knew. He, he he was worldly. You know, so it was more. He wasn't just, you know, just a, a an athlete. You know, a great athlete that you just idolize for his athletic achievement. There was so much more to the man. You know that I loved and and um, and appreciated. I guess. And so, 
interviewing him was it wasn't an interview. It was, it was a conversation, you know. And and then when he would talk about basketball, you related to it because he's like, okay, here's a guy that plays a sport and he loves it just as much as a fan loves it, maybe even more. You know, I would hear stories about him when he would come into you know from the West Coast for an East Coast trip, and he, they'd come in and it's 3 a.m. And he's wide awake, and he the first thing he's doing is he, a friend of mine told me he's like, yeah, I got a call. It was two thirty. They just landed, and he and Kobe was wide awake, wanted to work out. We had to get the gym open for him. You know, and he's working out three o'clock in the morning because he's obsessed. You know, like yeah. it's just what he does. So there's just it, you know when we think about the the player he was, I just I don't want people to see, stay so focused on the basketball player. It, there's so much more about him, I think, that all athletes, this is why so many athletes from other sports appreciated him, you know, that, that, that you saw that respect that he got was because you can relate to the passion and the drive and the determination that he brought to a point where, you know, even my son, who's a hockey player, you know, he he's texting me quotes from Kobe, the Mamba mentality stuff that he always tries to use in his mind to get himself ready for a game. So it just shows you how what this guy was, wasn't just a basketball player. He transcended all sports. And the interesting thing, Alan, and we talk about it from time to time, is how sometimes today's player doesn't understand people who preceded them and their impact. True. And and it's yeah. just it, it's incredible that the younger players, how they were touched by him. Even a Trey Young, who's who's a rookie in the league this year, yeah. was it was what touched a, what a, by what, what a moment Kobe, that was. Yeah, by what Kobe Bryant was able to bring, and 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 Allen be able to have contact with him and go back and forth and make himself available to these young players. Well, I'll tell you what. One of my favorite things that we have on ESPN, uh, the 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 app, and, and this is not a plug at all. I, mean, I really believe I feel this strongly. Is Kobe Bryant detail? Yeah, it, it's one of the if, again. If you love basketball. And he would break down like Peyton Manning does his thing for football. But Kobe, his detail when he would break down players was just, it was spectacular. It was, inc- you know, like just to listen to it and learn from it was amazing. What he would see in a player, what he'd want from that player, the challenges that he would throw to that player. You know, those are the types of things to me that just are, you know, that's what you love. And the young players saw that. Um, I'll tell you what else too, Larry. I said this tonight on MSG. I feel like Kobe was the Nick that was never a Nick. Does that make sense? Yeah, sure I do. You know, like, because Nick, cause Nick fans loved him. Yeah. And the Garden, certainly, he loved playing at the Garden. He talked about the Garden as it's the last living, breathing building. You know, the last building that has all the memories in it, that has the history in it that he appreciated. And he talked about how, he's like, people don't know how much how much I love that building, how much I watched that building because of how obsessed he was with Michael Jordan and trying to emulate Jordan. You know, like, so New York was special to him, which is what made tonight as emotional as it was because it was a genuine, it was so genuine, the feeling in the building. It wasn't, you know, it was a bit subdued. You know, they did, there wasn't a lot going on. Um, the game was the game, and people sat back and watched basketball, but there wasn't nearly the amount of cheering and back and forth that you would expect at a Knicks-Nets game. Instead, it was just watching the game and appreciating it, but more just a, a reflection of Kobe because of how much this city, as a basketball city, 
loved him and how much he loved playing here. Yeah. You know, it had to be, um, Alan, obviously tough for the players, but especially somebody like Julius Randle, who played alongside him. I mean, he had a really good game tonight, Alan, uh, and you had to think that that possibly had a little influence on him. 22 and 15, and with a heavy heart, I'm sure. Uh, Marcus Morris didn't think this, that they should have played. Marcus Morris felt like, you know, it, it, the news broke. It was just short, right before the game when players were doing their pregame warm-up, not exactly on the court before tip-off, but more, the, you know, you usually show up two hours before game time and get on the court and get your workouts in. So everybody was already descending on the garden when it started to become, the you know, rumors started to become fact. And, you know, that's when Kyrie Irving, who had his workout, then just, you know, he was devastated and he, he just couldn't get himself to play. And he decided to go home. Um, Julius decided to play. And Julius was, you know, Kobe's impact on Julius' career early on was, you know, he has talked about. Julius has talked about what what it meant to be around Kobe in those last couple of years before Kobe retired, have him around the building and, you know, to see the work that he put in every day, even at the age that he was at and after all the injuries and everything. So I imagine, you know, I, I, we didn't hear from Julius tonight. I don't know if he spoke after we had uh, turned off the post game, but um, uh, he left early. I can only he imagine. Left the, yeah. He left I, before the players came in. I can in. only imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can only imagine how he felt, you know, it's, it's, you know, and, and also as a father, right? I can't, I can't let go of that one, Larry. Yeah. That's the one I can't let go of. Um, just the, the thought of what happened, you know, it just it sits with you. It really does. Really does. My friend, thanks for a couple of minutes. We'll be uh, looking forward and listening to you and Bo- and uh, Bart Scott tomorrow at uh, 1 o'clock. Thanks, Larry. Have a good Thank night. Thank you. You too. Alan Hahn with his thoughts on Kobe Bryant. You're listening to The Drive with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. I mean, these last years, he's just, he seemed to be recently incredibly, not just happy, but productive. I mean, if you, you can see the amount of, uh, work that he was involved in, the amount of content that he produced or was helping produce. And so you think of all of it. I can't, I can't really separate it, um, at this point. And even though we will be asked to do that repeatedly over the next days and coming weeks. Michael Werbaum with his thoughts on Kobe Bryant and his post-NBA life and what that was becoming. You're listening to The Drive on 98.7 ESPN. We're taking your phone calls at 1-800-919-3776. As I mentioned at the top of the hour, we'll head to the Garden. Where Rich Coutinho covered the game for us tonight. We'll get his thoughts on the mood of the Garden and some of the some of the other players' conversations and uh, feelings about uh, Kobe Bryant. And uh, we'll continue to hear from our folks around the league as uh, you know the, the comments continue to come in to the late Kobe Bryant. Let's go back to the phones. Jimmy's in Staten Island. Hey, Jimmy, you're next on the drive. Hey, what's going on, Uncle Larry? How you doing? I'm all right, Jim. Um, first things first, uh, I just want to say, you know, uh, it's a very sad feeling that, um, you know, to see Kobe go, Kobe and his daughter go so quickly in life. But um, I honestly think that uh, at the end of the day, Kobe's at peace right now. Um, you know, it seems that yesterday the LeBron, you know, passed him, and, you know, which is very, 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 very crazy. But I think Kobe wouldn't rather have nobody pass that man, um, pass him 
other than LeBron, and, you know, and that's and I feel like you know that was Kobe's calling of giving him the torch. Um, last thing I just want to say is that uh, you know Kobe Kobe was more than just basketball. Kobe was the, you know Kobe was that guy that uh, us young guys that would shoot we would, we would be shooting paper balls and you know you you wouldn't be able to put the paper ball in the basket without saying you know Kobe. So you know um, Kobe was just more than everything. Kobe was that. Kobe was more than you know more than basketball. Kobe was life. Kobe was Kobe was a phenomenon. Kobe was uh you know um, Kobe was everything that a, a young man that uh that you know the Westbrooks, the Iversons, the you know anybody that had that kind kind of competitive mentality they wanted. And, and it goes bigger than basketball. It goes from I'm pretty sure you you know everybody had that with that uh that kind of competitive mentality. And Kobe was the true definition of it. No question about it, Jimmy. Thanks for the phone call, my friend. Well said. 1-800-919-3776. Rogers in the Bronx. Hey, Roger, you're next on the drive. Hey, what's up, man? Um, what's up, Roger? Hey, I just want to say um, I was born and raised in New York City. Proud New Yorker. Basketball was the only sport where I did not grow up a New York fan. I grew up a diehard Lakers fan, and it was all because of Kobe Bryant. That man was just I saw him play as a kid, and I just fell in love with his game. He made me fall in love with that whole team. And today when I found out I was in my car working because I'm an Uber driver, I had to stop my car because I started crying. I started crying for his family because I'm a father too. Mm-hmm. And I can imagine him in that helicopter looking at his daughter, holding her. Because our first instinct as parents is to protect our kids no matter what, even if we can't. I can imagine him holding her, telling her to cover her eyes. Just, just grabbing her and telling her it's going to be okay, knowing it wasn't going to be okay. I just want to say thank you, Kobe, for those titles. Thank you for being a role model because of you and because of my dad, of course. I am a great father because I saw the way you were with your daughter every time you celebrated a championship. And so his family, us Lakers fans, were all behind you. That's all I wanted to say. All right, Roger. Thanks for the phone call. I mean, he hit it home as a parent. Because that's what you think. That's what you do. It's about protecting your kids at all costs. And I saw, and Twitter has been incredibly well-behaved as far as Kobe Bryant is concerned. And, uh, you know, I saw somebody right there who tweeted out earlier today, and you can tweet me if you want, at hardest to ESPN, at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM, said they just, what was his thought process moments before knowing that his daughter was in that plant, in that helicopter with him? It's an interesting thought. It really was. John's in Long Beach. John, you're next on the drive. Hey, Larry. How are you? You know, I'd ask how you're doing, but obviously we're all, you know, a little We're struggling a little, John. We're right struggling now. a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it kind of stinks. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I just want to point this out here. I'm 24. I've, you know, I remember Kobe as you don't even have to be a basketball fan to know who Kobe Bryant was. Because when you were in elementary school, you could watch kids throw an object into something and all you would hear is Kobe. Really? Mm-hmm. It's a generational. It was a generation thing. But I think it would be a um, classy thing for the NBA. And I know uh, Mark Cuban just did it. You have to retire 24. I think it would be the most Mamba thing ever in, you know, the sport, the NBA. I think because when was the last time you can think about something like this would happen? Probably 
Thurman Munson, you know, like yeah. it's never really, it's, it's rare. And I think it would be a classic thing the NBA would do. And I'm all for it. I just want to hear your thoughts on that. John, thanks for the phone call. It's an interesting thought. It's not the first one that, that it's not the first, you're not the first person that's come up with it. And I think, uh, it was very, it was brilliant by Mark Cuban to get that ball rolling, uh, by him saying that nobody in, on the Mavericks will ever wear that number again. And I do think that when you look at what Kobe meant, uh, to the league, uh, continuing to carry the torch from, um, Michael Jordan, and being able to, you know, be the bridge between Michael Jordan and the LeBrons and the Dwayne Wades and the next group of, of superstar athletes in the NBA, uh, it might be a consideration. I'd be interested to see what the NBA is going to do. And the NBA, listen, the NBA has been reeling. I mean, the commissioner emeritus David Stern a few weeks ago, this scenario with, uh, with Kobe Bryant, it's, it's been tough, but we'll see how the, um, We'll see how the NBA, what the NBA does and what they do going forward. Charlie's in Woodside. Hey, Charlie, you're next on the drive. Hey, Larry. Uh, thanks for taking a call. Uh, well, I, well, it was around 3 o'clock when I got home, and I, was, I turned, on the, uh, turned on the TV. I was like uh, on NBC. Uh, then Mike Tirico was talking. He was like, talking like, I was like what, what is he talking about? I was like, then he was talking about Kobe's and he was talking about Kobe had died. And my, at that moment, point in the moment, I was in a state of shock, devastation. And I turned on the coverage of the ESPN, turned on the ESPN coverage. I was like, I was crying, uh, for, for, uh, for the first couple of hours. I mean, I mean, for, for Kobe's mental, Kobe's was an ambassador for the sport, not just basketball, for all, all sports. His mentality, his uh, desire, his, his dedication, the resume speak itself. With five NBA, uh, five NBA uh, NBA Finals champion, including a couple of NBA, a couple of, a couple of Finals MVPs, one MVP, ones, countless All Stars, you name it. And for the fact that LeBron, I mean, that's uh, the tweet uh, he made last night. That was the last week. I just can't believe it. And Larry, um, his, I, I, in my mind, his perform, I mean, his performance at the Garden, the sixty-one points, that was his, that was at the, at, that was his best performance by a Byzantine player, and at the Garden ever, and it is so sad, Larry, <laughs> that he's not now. I mean, after retire and everything, he started to like build up his career other than his basketball basketball off the basketball court uh, with support of his the women's basketball and winning the Oscar Academy Award a couple of years ago with the, and the detail the ESPN Plus uh, show mm-hmm. it just I mean it's just it's just devastating it's just devastating and Boomer's Kobe um, he was a, an absolute class and gentleman an ambassador to the game I mean. It, it, it's sad, Larry. It is sad. It is, Charlie. It is. Thanks for the call. And we hear your emotion on it. It's uh, If you love basketball and you respect the talent, you love Kobe Bryant. And it's the tragedy of how his life ended and the lives, the other lives of his daughter and the lives of the others in that helicopter. That's That's the really, really tough part about it. 
1-800-919-3776. Ramona Shelbourne uh, and her reporting, and she's followed Kobe throughout his career, indicated that flying in helicopters was not, was nothing new, new for Kobe. You know, he flies a helicopter because he always flew in a helicopter, guys. Like, he, he lived in Orange County, and instead of saying, I'm going to fly, be in traffic every day going to Staples Center, he took a helicopter. That was part of Kobe, you know? It was just, like, he did other legendary things as he was living. Yeah, and and once again, here's a situation where he was trying to get his daughter and some friends to uh, her game to be able to watch and, and show support, and unfortunately... Helicopter crashed. Ramona Shelburne said Kobe understood he was great. When people talk about, like, the Mamba mentality, that's not just about Kobe. Like, people in China know what that is. People in Japan know what that is. People in Africa know what that is. He became a legend. And in a lot of ways, he was writing that legendary story the whole time he was playing. And I think... You know, he. One of the things that always struck me is Kobe always said, "You know, I wrote all my own commercials." <laughs> I mean, he knew. He knew what he was. He knew he was a symbol. He knew he was a legend. He knew what he had to leave to the next generation. Ramona Shelburne with her thoughts on Kobe Bryant. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Let's head back to the phones and talk to Sam and Flatbush. Sam, you're up next on the drive. Larry, what's going on? I'm not going to ask you that tonight because tonight everything's going not so good. Larry, yeah, you're right, Sam. When I heard the news this morning, I didn't even know what hit me. I was like, what? Kobe? Doesn't make sense. The same guy who, like, the record's breaking. It was just the heart. The heart skipped a couple of beats, Larry. I understand, Sam. It was, it was, and thanks for the phone call. It was that type of thing that you heard uh, from a number of folks. It was, you know, just the shock. It was, and I think Alan Hahn hit it right away. It's like, it, is it true? Is that who... That can't be true. Are we sure? And unfortunately, it was all too true. It's a sad day. You're listening to The Drive with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. I just don't have a lot to say. I, uh, the news is just devastating to everybody uh, who knew him, known him a long time. And... Uh, You know, he, he just, he, mean, he means a lot to me, obviously. Um, you know, he was such a great opponent, you know. Um, it's what you want in sports. Um, he had that, that DNA that, um, that very few athletes can ever have. You know, the, the Tiger Woods and the, the Michael Jordans, you know. Um, it's funny. I, uh, I was getting to know him more. Since he retired, you know, um, yeah, this is this is a tough one. I don't. Uh, I mean, we have to go play. Uh, I mean, the news is just so devastating for for Vanessa and, and his and his family, and um, there's just so many people he touched, you know. Um, and you know, it's, it's looking at my young players and, and seeing how emotional uh, they are. Uh, they didn't even know him, you know, and uh, it just tells you how far his reach was. So, um, I mean, this is just shocking news for all of us. And sorry, I don't have a lot to say. Uh, I just can't uh, have to go talk to a team. 
uh, before a game and tell me play. <laughs> You're listening to The Drive with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Second hour of the show. Thank you for joining us on The Drive here on 98.7. That was the voice of Doc Rivers, who uh, met the media before going in to talk to his team, the Clippers, before having to play tonight. And um, the emotion you heard from him is just incredible. And it is symptomatic of a lot of folks reacting to this around the NBA. We'll get to you, back to your calls in a minute at 1-800-919-3776. Right now we head back to the world's most famous arena, Madison Square Garden, where Rich Coutinho was on hand for us tonight covering the game, Knicks and Nets. And Rich, uh, first of all, good evening. And number two, kind of set the atmosphere of the garden for us tonight. It was, Larry, like nothing I've ever seen in Madison Square Garden. The somberness that was in this arena, whether you were going down to where people were sitting down by the court, whether you were going up to where the bridge was, where people sit up there, whether you're in the press box, whether you're in the, the, the corners of the clubhouses before the game, whether you're in the hallway where security guards are the only people there and they had a somberness to them. The only night I could compare it to that I've covered is being down in Miami with Alex Fernandez and the Marlins mm. and the 9-11 night with Mike Piazza. And those are the only nights that even come close to comparing what I saw tonight. And I almost think that tonight superseded those nights in terms of the somberness that I felt in this arena. And I'll tell you, I, I you know how much I love my job, Larry. And you do love your job. I love my job. We love where we are. But the drive from my home in Porchester to the garden felt like the longest drive I've ever taken in my car, knowing what I was going to see when I got here, that a man who had so much impact in not only basketball, but in life. And you and I had the opportunity to interview him on a number of occasions. I was thinking about driving here, the all-star game at the garden where Kobe was front and center. And when I, when we left, I'll never forget it, Larry, because you and I went to get a bite to eat after that game, and you always hit on things that I miss. And one of the things you said to me is, you know, if I close my eyes, it almost sounded like Michael Jordan was talking on the podium. And I remember you saying that distinctly to me, and we almost felt like the mantle had been passed from Jordan to Kobe, and it was in good hands, and the game was in good hands. And the other thing that always struck me about Kobe, and I felt it tonight, and all the people I talked to, is that more than any athlete I've ever covered in any of the four sports that I cover, with maybe the exception of a Wayne Gretzky, okay, I think that he embodied competitiveness and at the same time was the greatest teammate you can do. And when you think about that, those two emotions generally collide, and it's one or the other. But he did a masterful job in his life, never mind on the court, in his life, of measuring when he needed to be a competitor, and believe me, no one was more competitive than Kobe, but when he needed to be a great teammate. And don't ask me about that. Ask Shaquille O'Neal. Ask any of the teammates he's had over the years. Ask the people that weren't his teammates. Then in the offseason, he talked about basketball skills and shooting and working hard and all the things that he needed to do to make himself better, and he passed that on to other players in the league that maybe would bring it up against him in a game competitively one time or another. And I think it made him a great man. And 
the other part of it is today that I thought of more than anything else, and I'll try to keep my emotions intact while I talk to you about this, is that we cover athletes, and we all know they're millionaires, and we all know they have a lot of money, and we all know that they're famous. But they're also real people. They're people that have families. They're people that have lives. They're people that have children. And that resonated with me today. And all I can think about today was Kobe's family that's still here and how they're going to have to deal with this most difficult thing. And um, I hope that the sport of basketball and I hope that the media serves as a help to them because we certainly owe it to Kobe Bryant. No question about it. Rich Catino joining us from Madison Square Garden. You're listening to The Drive on 98.7 ESPN. Rich, in talking to the players post-game and talking to them pre-game, the atmosphere was kind of measured. I mean, mentally, neither team, they played despite the fact that they were emotionally not into the game. I think they did. And, you know, when you're an athlete, and you and I are both not athletes, but if you talk to athletes, so much of what they do is instinctual. And yes, there's a focus and yes, there's a mindset and yes, there's a game plan and there's all those things, but they came as professionals today. And one of the things that I heard from a bunch of both Nick and net players before the game is think about all the times Kobe played when he was hurt. Think about the leg injuries he had. Think about, you know, the finger injuries he had. And if there was a big game and a big night, he'd play and he'd play at his optimal level. And, Today was like a shot in the gut for the NBA. But I think the great thing about this league is that people came with that Kobe-ness to them today mm. where they played in a game. There were some good skill moments in this game tonight. I know that it was hard for them emotionally. And the 24-second clock thing at the start of the game was a wonderful way of honoring you know, Kobe Bryant. But I think that you know one of the things that we always saw about Kobe as a player is when it was game time, it didn't matter how he felt. It didn't matter how it was hurting. It didn't matter what injury he had. Kobe Bryant came to the table. And I think the NBA, for the most part, did that today. And that, to me, is the greatest gift you can give Kobe Bryant from a basketball perspective. The greatest gift you can give him as a person perspective, and I plan on doing it tonight when I come home after a long day, is hug the people you love. Hug them when they're alive. Hug them when they're here. Love them when they're here. Help them when they're here. And that's one thing Kobe showed us. And I think when you look at those two things, Kobe Bryant has given us more of a, how do I put it the right way, more of lessons in life than most people in life ever give us. And unfortunately, we can't get any more of those lessons in life. But we can get is we can look at his life and be able to understand that you can love your family, you can have a great career, you can be competitive, and you can be a great teammate to everyone you work with. And you can do all four of those things seamlessly and easily. And I think Kobe showed that in his life, and I think we saw an image of it in how the NBA approached this today. It would have been easy for the NBA to say, let's cancel all the games. But I think it would have been the wrong move because it would not have been a testimony to the greatness of Kobe Bryant. Playing the games, getting through the games, honoring Kobe Bryant, that's the way Kobe Bryant would have wanted it, and the NBA did it magnificently today in every way, Larry. Nice words, my friend. 
Thanks for giving us a couple of minutes and uh, setting the scene as it was at Madison Square Garden tonight. Thanks, Rich. We'll talk soon. You got it, Larry. Looking forward to seeing you. And like Kobe would say, you need to say I love you to the people that you work with. So, you know I love you, Larry. Same here. So that's the message for you, Kobe, from me. All right. Sounds good. Rich Catino from Madison Square Garden. You're listening to The Drive with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. You know what, I had the chance to meet him one time, but he was a guy who I always hoped I would have the chance to be around him more. Um, I had so much respect for him as a competitor. Um, I know he inspired so many people in so many different ways. Um, I mean... One of, one of the great competitors of, of any generation, um, not just with sports, but I think just, you know, the way he approached a lot of things and, and what he was doing now after basketball. So um, I pray for him. I pray for his family. I know we don't know all the details yet, but um, it's it's a tragic loss. It's the voice of Drew, Drew Brees, who was uh, at the Pro Bowl. His thoughts on the loss of Kobe Bryant. You're listening to The Drive here on 9870 ESPN. Larry Hardesty with you. 1-800-919-3776. Excuse me, we'll get back to the calls in a second. But I want to chat with this young man because I lived with one of the most insufferable Kobe Bryant fans I can imagine. He patterned his game after Kobe. He used to ask me questions over and over about Kobe He's my son, Shamari Hardesty. Hi, Shamari. Hey, how are you? I'm doing good, thank you. So what was your thoughts when you heard the news about Kobe Bryant today? As, oh, the, man. as the incessant Kobe Bryant fan you are. I mean, you know me. I, I tried to basically put it out the way. I just turned, got off of social media. You know, I was waiting to hear that it was a, it was a hoax. You know, like we hear a lot of our celebrities tend to get mixed up in, you know. Uh, I was just hoping that it wasn't true. And then there was many confirmations, and I was just, my heart dropped, you know, goes out to his wife and the rest of his siblings and the kids, you know. Tragedy, definitely tragic. What was it about his game that made you, Dad, can I go back out to the park and practice some jump shots? What was it about (laughs) his game that made you love him the way you did? It was it was the drive, the the competitive drive that he had. Like, like it didn't matter what was going on in life. It didn't matter what he was going on, obstacle wise. His basic, you know, quote, which was so inspirational, was like, you know, you got to get through it. Like, if you want it, then you got to do what it takes to get it done, or else you don't you don't really want it. You know, it's like actions speak louder than words. You know, you say you want it, but if you don't put the work in to go and do it, then you don't really want it. So that was just personal for me, and I just felt like, you know, that was big because a lot of people tend to make excuses, especially when they can. So the fact that he didn't, even though there were times where they could, that he could have, you know, like, you know, injury prone and, you know, the Achilles and everything, you know, no shack and like just, just mountains of obstacles that he overcame with that same outlook at life. For you and, and, and your crew, uh, was he – and you saw the end of Michael Jordan's career. Was he your Michael Jordan? He was the closest thing to Michael and definitely probably my generation because, yeah, I would say he was he was definitely – he was the Michael Jordan of my generation. Like, yeah, definitely. And we all knew that, you know, Mike was the original, but Kobe was the remix, you know? 
It was like everything that Jordan did, basically, except for the, you know, the undefeated finals MVPs, you know, he kind of did. Like, scoring, you know, he scored in high volumes. He beat almost every obstacle that was placed in his way, you know. I mean, he demanded it all. So when you heard people who, and, and I got to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, he, he, Shamari wasn't always a great passer. Um, I think he got that from him too. Uh, when you heard people always say that Kobe wouldn't give up the basketball, did you take offense to that? Did you, did you see that there were games where he needed to take over or were you, how, how were you able to be a, being, while being a, a Kobe fan, how were you able to be uh, neutral and also be able to step away and look at some of the things that maybe he needed to do to improve his game? Well, that's easy because people tend to push a lot of narratives when it's beneficial to their conversation. So naturally, you know, it's, it's funny that people say that, and that's the whole narrative of Kobe doesn't pass. He's literally the only two guard with over like 30-some thousand points and over 5,000 assists, and he's led the Lakers in assists for like 12 years of the 20 that he played with them. So I, I, I tend to go to statistics like that, and it's just like, how do you win five rings without passing the basketball? It doesn't seem very likely. So you thought he passed more than people give him credit for? Oh, he. let me tell you. The narrative is he, because he scored in such high volumes and he wasn't afraid to take as many shots as, let's say, Allen Iverson, who was, you know, highly, highly respected. But people talked about him because he took like 30, 40, 50 shots any random night. But like Kobe, he did what he needed to do to get the job done. You know, the job wasn't to, like he, he had the famous presser when they was up 2-1 and he was like, the job done? They were like, well, are you happy? He's like, nah, what's there to be happy about? Is there no, any more games to play? Like, are we done? We got the ring? That 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 kind of was the epitome of Kobe. Like, it was just put up or shut up, don't make no excuses, do your job and do and be great at it. What's your favorite Kobe Bryant memory? There's so many. <laughs> uh, my favorite is tough. I have two that stand out probably not the most, but they stand out personally to me. All right, give me the two. All right, so I oh, remember – yeah. yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, I remember when he hit uh, – when he was playing against Portland before the semis, we, you know, Shaq puts the left hand up. Can't believe he made the left hand dunk, of which he – hit a few tying ones, like they were down, I think, eight, and he hit some ridiculous three-pointers, one off of Brandon Roy, spinning off of in the corner, that game that they won. And I think there was another one, I believe his first one or second one against Charlotte, because, you know, they drafted him. Mm-hmm. And he had the game winner against them. And it was it was just like, you know, nobody believed that he was as good as he thought he was. So... They didn't want to give him the credit, but he, he earned it. He, he made you – it says a lot when your opponents talk about you and boast about your game and how much they'll miss your game and how they, they love to play against you because they knew that you weren't going to bail them out, like you weren't going to take – you know, you weren't going to take anything that happened throughout your life. It didn't matter because you were going to go right at that opponent, basketball on the court, and that was it. Last thing. Um, you're a dad now. I am. Uh, the beautiful little daughter, Nova Sky. Definitely. Um, let's take your 
Kobe Bryant basketball fan hat off for a second and talk about the situation with him as a father and him uh, also carrying on the tradition through his daughter, actually his daughter bringing him back into basketball. And now, unfortunately, you know, him losing his daughter with him. Yeah, man. I mean, it's, 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 it's crazy. Like it's nothing short of crazy and tragic, but you know what they say? God works in many ways, mysterious ways. So, you know, for all we know, she could have been pressured to take her own life after finding out, because, you know, she was just that fond of her father. Like, that was Kobe A and Kobe B. Like, that was the female Kobe right there. So yeah. that's why he did so much. And I, it's just, it's heartbreaking to know because, as you said, I have my own daughter. And to just think about the pain, like, that he must have gone through just consoling her and holding her in the final moments of their lives is just tragic. It's 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 something that we will you know, be thinking about as parents for definitely a long, long time. Shamari, thanks for a couple of minutes sharing your Kobe memories. Believe well, me, I, I got a few. That I got a few I have to share with the audience when you leave. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to you soon. All right. Glad to hear from you. See you. All right, take care. Bye. You too. Bye-bye. Shamari Hardesty. Yes, my son. He's now years old. I won't tell you how old he is because then you'll figure out how old I am. Let's go back to the phones. 1-800-919-3776. Let's go to, uh, let's go to Marvin in the Bronx. Hey, Marvin, you're next on the drive. Hey, how you doing, Larry? First of all, Larry, you know, I'm re- you know, I'm retired military and mm-hmm. I've been on many a helicopter rides, right? Yeah. Matter of fact, that's how we initiated our, our leave from, um, Iraq. And I used to say to myself, every time I hear a helicopter, it's sweetness to my ears because that mean that meant I was going home and I went yeah. back to that memory. Yeah. But my most, my Kobe moment is this, and I majored in speech in college, if you should know by now, all right? Mm-hmm. I was sitting at home, and I was watching uh, MS, MSG, uh, uh, SNY, one of those things, um, those cable networks, that was, it was, and it was in the genesis of those of those cable stations, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'd heard about this kid, number one basketball player in the country around from the Philly area. Mm-hmm. And when I heard him speak, my mouth dropped. Mm. Oh, my God. Look at how articulate this kid is. I mean, he was like a grown man. And it left an impression on me being a person that, you know, like I never met a microphone I didn't like. (laughs) 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 And I said, oh, my God. I I told my my wife, I said, honey, I just saw this kid that was a basketball player. And like I said, let's be honest, a lot of our young people are not as – uh, as eloquent as, as they should be, you know, mm-hmm. through the educational system. Mm-hmm. But this kid was so impressive, so polished to be so young. And that left an impression on me. And I said, whoa. And to become the great player. And uh, look, when you're in the military, you get you, it, things become mundane about yeah. getting on helicopters, you do routines. I've done over 30 years in the military, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I say to myself, and, and I say, you know, just another ride. But the, to, my wife never liked helicopters. She said, "Ah, we go to helicopters." Yeah. But they, I was joking with my cousin about when we were going to get married, and she told me Kobe had died. And I said, "Stop joking." Yeah. And she said, "No, no." And when she mentioned TMZ, I said, "Oh, because they they're usually on point with their action." Yeah. But 
like I said, it was a privilege to watch him. I remember those great series with the Sacramento Kings and, and with Shaq, mm-hmm. and I was a big Shaq fan. Yeah, and um, yeah. I was such a Shaq fan that I used to call Dale Brown on the phone. Wow. I would call LSU, and we'd start talking about the team. And, you know, I was the same gentleman, but I admired Dale Brown. And, and I called him one day, and I said, could I speak to the coach? And the secretary brought him to the phone. And he said, we're getting this kid, you know, like this is Shaq. And, and I watched those series and, and I realized, and you think back, that if these two guys had really worked it out, they would have won two more championships. No question. No question. But all I, I want to say this to Kobe's family, my prayers and my condolences to you. And I know, you know, like um, I just wish them the comfort of the Lord and – They'll get through this, but he left a legacy that will be something that will be cherished for years. Well said, Marvin. And we echo the sentiments to the family. Thanks for the phone call. Take care, Larry. Be good. You too, my friend. 1-800-919-3776. Mike's in Queens. Hey, Mike, you're next on The Drive. Good evening, Larry. And this Peter. Let's be honest, Peter. You know, my phone beeps. I'm at home. It's like a regular day, and I'm and my phone beeps hundred times a day. And it, the little bubble it says Kobe Bryant passes away. You know, you, you drop your phone and you just and you just stand there, and you just you you don't know what happened. You you just you're speechless, and you just and for me. I mean, like, I cry every day, so today being in tears is just another day for me. I'm used to it by now. I got the tissues already in my car, but you just, you you, you don't know how to even what to say. You're speechless, and it's just, I always, people always, it was like a given. Uh, Michael Jordan's one. Kobe, uh, LeBron was too, and I always in my mind said, "Why do we, why do we forget about Kobe?" Because Larry, let's be honest. Nowadays, every superstar is getting the phone, texting their their guy, saying, "Let's come here." Larry, everything that the NBA is now, Kobe was the exact opposite. Okay, he the, the his fire, his intensity, Larry, the look on his face in the playoffs, his. When he was out there, he was an assassin, Larry. He was a mercenary. He wanted to conquer you. He wanted to crush you. He was he was MJ 2.0. Thanks for listening to The Drive with Larry Hardesty Podcast. Subscribe and rate us wherever you get your podcasts.